So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. This is Emily, and I'm here with my hubby, Andrew. Hi, guys. Um, we're also here with some family, um, Brittany and Chris Cotton. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so they are, at least Brittany was nervous to be here. So hopefully all of you can send your positive voo or voo boo. I was like ju- was juju. I was saying like juju and something else. Voodoo? Vibes, I think Vibes. is what I was say. Okay. Yeah. Send it her way. Um, but today we're going to talk about a topic that is really interesting and it was actually a listener suggestion. Uh, we're going to talk about how to have maintain a Christ-centered home when one spouse is frequently outside of the home for whatever reason, especially for work or for church service or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but before we do that, let's get to know Brittany and Chris. Um, can you guys tell us a little bit about your families, maybe how you met, how many kids you have, stuff like that? You want to go? Oh, you want me to go. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we met actually at the University of Utah's Institute. Um, this is kind of a long story. Anyway, I wasn't technically supposed to be there. I'm, um, eight years younger than Chris, so, um, very mature. She was, <laughs> she was legal, but she wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> Let me say that. Um, anyway, yeah. so we Institute, there. for those of you who don't know, uh, is a, a place where you can go and receive further religious education. It's like a religion class. Yeah, so they have like a weekly classes. You can go and take extra religion classes. So and that's I, what it is. And we went, well, I was there because Stephen R. Covey was speaking. And oh, I'm cool. a huge Stephen R. Covey fan. Yeah. So I went up to... Yeah. He was one who wrote Seven Habits. or Seven, seven Habits, habits for Highly Effective People, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the million and a half spinoffs of, of that <laughs> series. Yeah, a, yeah br- brilliant, brilliant guy. Had done a lot of research around habits and... Um, principle-based, you know, influence and change in people's lives. So I, I'm a big fan of Stephen R. Covey. So I went up for that and Brittany and was so sitting by in legal, do you mean like 18? Like yes. fresh yes. 18? Yes. I was <laughs> still in high school. <laughs> you were still in high school? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but he thought I was a little older. And I was... That's like your sister. And yeah. I was almost yeah. 25. Okay. So we're about seven and a half years. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's how we met. But, um... Now well, I was almost twenty six. Yes, you're almost twenty six. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fast forward almost thirteen. Next years. Next thing we'll know that she was actually seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Fast forward though, um, like almost thirteen years, and we have four kids: um, a ten year old girl, an almost nine year old boy. His birthday's tomorrow, and then we have a four year old, and then an almost two year old. So. Yeah. Yeah, they have such of, cute kids. They're adorable. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they can be a little crazy at times, but they're adorable. <laughs> but that makes for the best story. Yeah. And I love it, hearing about what you're doing. And kids it freaks do. me out a little bit because I see a little bit of like Liam in Hiram sometimes. Like he'll make faces and I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> I've seen that face before. Oh yeah, you're 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 gonna have you're gonna have a wild ride, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fun. I'm sure. Yeah. 
Okay, so we're going to go ahead and do our Pobody's Nerfect. It's our little fail segment or embarrassing moment that helps us to relax and helps us to kind of share little imperfections. Get to know, get to know us a little bit yeah. better. So I will start. I have mine for me and Andrew. And uh, I feel like maybe I could go to jail for saying this, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably fine. Okay, don't tell on me. Um, so we don't have the luxury of having it. A washer and dryer and so we go to a laundromat and it's like in our little community like little apartment complex and the drive is like really really short and I was doing laundry at night with Hiram and I just took him with me it was just me and him and we were like driving over and it's literally like it's probably 50 yards 50 yards away but I was driving the laundry over because I couldn't carry it all and I told Hiram he didn't have to put his seatbelt on. He's like, can I sit in the front? And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we get in the car and like literally the drive is so short that the door isn't going to have even enough time to automatic lock. Yeah. And so we get inside and I start going and the door flies open and Hiram is like, he's I look over, on he's holding it. onto the door handle, but he's outside of the car. He's just kind of like, you can't see what I'm doing, but like his arms are like stretched out holding on, his legs are like way out of the car. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I like stopped nobody's I mean it was like dark nobody was driving around so luckily like nothing really happened but I he was so scared he like hopped back in the car he was like <gasps> I'm scared <laughs> I was like well let's not do that again but he listened extra well the rest of that night yeah, <laughs> yeah his funny. life's life's so short yeah <laughs> like, I don't know how many more days I have left <laughs> yeah it was really cute though I was like Oh my gosh, I think we should say a prayer and thank Heavenly Father that you're okay. He's like, yeah, we need to pray. <laughs> Yay, so cute. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so, so I, I think Chris has your guys' Pobody's Nerfect, right? Yeah, yeah. Mine, uh, Mine's um, interesting because I travel a lot for work, and I was going to a conference, and I had to take a red eye, I believe. So I was on maybe two hours of sleep and went right to the conference and the conference was adjacent to a mall in Houston and the conference was a little slow and I was going to fall asleep and I was like I got to start walking around because I've got to have some discussions and presentations and meetings later in the day and I can't go to sleep so I just need to get my body active so I start walking around the mall and this lady asks me and I'm probably half away kind of i'm barely kind of zombie state she goes excuse me are you um european and i stopped and i looked at her i was like no i'm not <laughs> european yes, and she put something on the bottom of my eye like she just walked up and like not asking not asking just <laughs> no no personal space just she was russian uh-huh. <laughs> um, very nice she uh i remember she said she was from moscow and, and that's what i had mentioned i was like oh Got my nephew and his wife. They lived in Moscow. Beautiful place. Great people. And um, so she's like, well, you have a wrinkle remover under your eye. It's clear. Um, it's going to tighten up your eyes because you look tired. I, like, I am tired. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Thank you. And then she's like, you need to come into the um, store so I can put the other under your other eye. And I was like, oh, was I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to buy anything. I'm tired. But now you can't walk around with one wrinkle-free eye. Yeah, so she puts the other one on, and she's like, do you want to buy it? It's X amount of dollars. I remember remember the cost was, like, unreal. And it's like, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't use it. And she's like, is it because you wouldn't 
she asked me the question. I basically was like, I'm never going to use it, even if it was affordable. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. So I've got this under my eyes. Don't think anything of it because it's clear. I'm like, do I need to wash this off? But she's like, no, no, it's totally fine. You, no one will notice. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I don't think anything about it. For, totally complete, but forget about it. So I'm going. I'm meeting with these executives. Hadn't met them before, and they all kind of look at me a little weird. And I'm in <laughs> I'm in the human services space, behavioral health. So everyone's very, very nice. And very kind and loving and understanding and accepting of all types of people. Um, so, Except Chris when he's a weirdo. Yeah, so everyone is nice and cordial, but they don't say anything to me. Mm-hmm. And I go to dinner with some clients, and one of them I've gotten to know really well. Um, she's like, you know, I just like it when people tell me something's wrong. I, I'm, I, want, to, I want someone that's open and honest. I'm like, I'm the same way. If, if I ever do anything that's weird or offensive, you just let me know. They don't say anything. What? After that conversation? After that conversation. (laughs) So I I figured it out. It was like eight hours. I have this stuff in my face. I'm walking out of the mall and some other worker comes to me that saw on the facial cream, a competitor. Excuse me, sir. Do you know how you have white under your eyes? And I was like, no, it's 930 at night. (laughs) I was walking around with white under my eyes. That's awesome. And the next day I'm like, hey. Did you not look in a mirror like all day? No, that's the thing. I asked people. I was like, I sent a text message. I'm like. Hey guys, why didn't anyone say anything? Like, well, we thought you put makeup on. I was like, you why think I, I was putting makeup on? <laughs> so then I'm questioning. I'm like, I've got white on my face. People think I put makeup on, and then they think I poorly put makeup on because they thought because it just looked like dabs, like concealer, and, and concealer. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I wish I would have. Clear. No, no, okay. it was and and, appara- and it was there. And I remember thinking it was itchy, so I kept rubbing my eyes, and apparently started making it white and flaky. Mm. And everyone's like, "Well, we figured you had gone to the bathroom since then, so you you knew it was there." I was like, "Dude, no, <laughs> I hadn't. I've been in meetings all day. The hand like they're like I had hand sanitizer, so I had no need to go and." Wash my hands from shaking hands mirror. before dinner. And sometimes I don't even look in the mirror. Like, yeah, so it was very day. embarrassing. I'd walked around and <laughs> all these executives who I'm trying to have conversations with already look young and um, impressionable. So they were like, this weird guy's walking around with white on his face. <laughs> so it was very, uh, I thought it was funny. It's embarrassing. No, it's really funny. But I was just like, I still am trying to find all the executives and say, hey, why did you not say that? <laughs> uh, but again, everybody I talked to that I, that I had interactions with, they're like, oh, I just thought that was you being you. I don't know. Like, everyone's just so nice. So Did anyone say, like, oh, I didn't notice? No, everyone noticed. Everyone <laughs> noticed. Every, every single person I talked to the next day noticed, and they said, I thought you either knew or um, you purposely did it and did it wrong, and I didn't want to say anything and make you uncomfortable. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. So, hundreds of people in a, at a conference. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, at least you're memorable, right? Like with those things, it's yeah. so much about like creating an impression. So at least yeah, there's an yeah. impression that was made. Well, well, it's funny because I actually was in Texas today before I flew flew home, and I was thinking, do I approach that person and ask them, or would it sound like I was weird? That I was bringing it up. So I didn't bring it up, but I was like, <laughs> in a more intimate setting, I might go, hey, remember I had stuff in my eyes? Do you remember that? <laughs> I swear to that weird stuff. <laughs> but I didn't want to be the weird guy that walked up to someone randomly like, hey, why don't you say something about my face? <laughs> so, it was good. Yeah, sorry, that was very long and drawn That's out. Okay. But, so, <laughs> it had quite the build up. So now you know so. a little bit more about Chris and Brittany. So there you go. Yeah. It's mostly Chris. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. And Brittany's patience with dealing with me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brittany. Well, let's get your take on this. This topic first. 
And so, again, we're talking about uh, how to have a Christ-centered home when one spouse is frequently out of the home for for business or for ecclesiastical reasons or whatever it is. So what do you think for you are the biggest challenges? And then Chris will ask you the same thing. Okay. Um, so I would say the biggest challenges is trying to fill all the roles um, mm-hmm. when he's gone. And he's gone quite a bit um, just to kind of explain. Yeah, can we get like a little bit of background on that? Yeah, like, so he... How often maybe and then like what for? It's it's not like any like set amount, but lately it's been like every week that he travels. Um, and then also Sundays, his church calling, he's gone all day. Mm-hmm. And then he has meetings during the week, um, at least one meeting every week. So we don't see him very often, I feel like. He does work from home. So when he is home, we so do... So your normal work day, Chris, is at home? Yeah, if I'm not out if of town, then I, I work from home. Oh, so okay. I'm still working. It's not like I'm not working, but... It's easy to come and say hello, knock on the door, right. or, or he'll breakfast, like, or go to lunch, oh, and walk okay. the kids to school, or something. So there's definitely That's like nice. some upsides there. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, then so about ninety nights a year, I'm on the road. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, so it feels like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> I would say the hardest is trying to fill all of those roles and trying to keep that perspective when you're in like the grind of every day right where and and we have kids like rate ranging in ages right which mm-hmm. i thought was a smart idea but i'm not so sure <laughs> um they just have such different needs right um with school or homework or their or extra curricular curricular activities mm-hmm. you know they they're just busy my older ones right and then just with young kids it's a whole set of different needs mm-hmm. and then and then you try and um keep your home Christ-centered in all of that. And that's definitely, um, I would say, a challenge for me to try and balance all those things. Mm-hmm. So what, I mean, maybe this is a question for the two of you, everybody, but like what does it mean to have a Christ-centered home when we're talking about this? Do we mean like making sure to do little things like read scriptures and say prayers together, or is it more general, like like a well-functioning family life? Because I kind of see it as, like, all of that, but... I, I look at it kind of all-encompassing, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest piece is if you have peace in the home, mm-hmm. you have a Christ-centered home. And I, for, for me, mm-hmm. and the way that you can get, to the, get there is, you know, scripture study, pondering, you know, avoiding arguments, yeah. showing love, right. service. Like, yeah. so there's... I don't think there's one way of doing it, but there's obviously a, um, a quiver of tools that you can use yeah and like a christ-centered home doesn't necessarily mean it, or i guess it's not only having pictures of jesus christ and like talking about jesus it's also like having your home function according to principles that christ taught so like peace and mm-hmm. love and kindness that you were talking about yeah um is it ever hard for you to or for Brittany? i'm asking for those of you who can't see who i'm pointing <laughs> at for you Brittany, is it ever hard uh, to kind of be fulfilling all of these roles and then to have Chris like come back like does it ever feel like it messes up rhythm or anything <laughs> you should see Chris's face <laughs> yeah um, but yes I it is actually and, and that's still something honestly I still f- feel like I'm working on everything but mm-hmm. that's part of some things I have to work on too is when we get in like the flow of things or a routine right. and then he comes home 
and it's really more, no yeah he doesn't always yeah, yeah we don't always have a lot of time to communicate he's in meetings or whatever else right and I'm just busy at home with kids running kids everywhere and um so we don't always have a lot of time but I do feel like um it's a challenge where he comes home and I have almost certain expectations of like hey you're like get in the game right like let's, <laughs> but it's not always like fresh on his mind and he's right. tired from traveling and and all these other factors so I think um expectation is um part of that complication that I found that I've and I've realized because sometimes it just I would just get frustrated right mm-hmm. when he get home I'm like why am I so frustrated I have him home like I shouldn't be frustrated and I realize it's my expectations mm-hmm. that I haven't communicated properly or whatever else right and then I expect this whatever to happen and it doesn't happen and I'm frustrated <laughs> yeah that is like what frustration is it's like unmet expectations yes or not being able to understand your own expectations yes yes yeah so I, I would say that is probably the hardest thing about him coming home is I have to like figure out my expectations and all that as well. Can I add yeah, something to this? I think <laughs> I don't want to inter- interrupt her, but I, for me, I think that's also been valuable in our relationship because as I've come in, I've looked at it and I've, I'm a big proponent of understanding love language. Okay. And because my time is so limited, I look at it and say, okay, what is it that Brittany can use to feel love? And I try to find ways to show my love to her every day, even though I'm not around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard, though, in the sense when I'm not around, because one of the big pieces is her is service. So when I'm <laughs> when I'm home and I can serve and I can do things that she knows I hate, and I won't say what they are, because um, <laughs> it sounds really bad. But um, <laughs> when I can do that and I'm doing it in love, and I can show that love language to her in that way, that's been very very beneficial for our relationship. Um, and that's helped me also kind of evaluate each of our children in the way that they need to feel love mm-hmm. and how I can share love with them. And we're still trying to figure out how I can do that daily for each of the kids because they're young, they don't have phones, right. and they're busy, I'm busy, and just trying to figure that out. But that's been an impact for me in evaluating each day. I've, I've got a goals that I write. I'm kind of nerdy that way, but I, I've got the top 10 goals I write every day. So I, I've, it's interesting to see my priorities. My, uh, my top 10, my first four to five every day are always Brittany, God, my children, and what I can do. And then, and then everything else turns to business, mm-hmm. um, which when I started writing it out a couple years ago, everything was business. And, oh, I might need to say how do I serve Brittany? So um, having that limited amount of time has been beneficial for me and prioritizing what's important. Um, but that's one of the ways I do it when I get in, back in town is showing her her love language, which is great because it's service and she needs, <laughs> we need we need to serve the children a lot, but there's a way that I right. can serve her. Yeah. So Chrissy, you just talked a little bit about, or kind of built off of what Brittany was saying, but I want to hear for you personally, what are like the hardest aspects of of this when it comes to maintaining a christ-centered home well i look at it in two areas right because as i ponder on when i'm in a hotel i got 90 nights and it sounds bad to say but that's my home right Mm -hmm. and when i first started traveling i it would worry me because i'd go into a hotel room and i go i don't feel the spirit in this room um and it would concern me and i pondered on a lot and prayed about it a lot but I found that as I focused on 
myself and what's important as I'm on the road. Mm -hmm. um, I can have fantastic spiritual experiences. And I, it's kind of sad to say, but it's I've got more time to be alone. I've got more time to ponder. I've got more time to connect with heaven. And that's where I've really been able to gain a lot of um, personal revelation on who I am and what I need to do. And, um, and frankly, on planes, you know, technology being on planes, there'll be times I completely shut off all technology and I'll have wonderful experiences with the spirit with hundreds of people around me on a plane mm -hmm. um, trying to sometimes cover my tears because um, I just have time to connect with heaven. Um, so I look at it in two sense areas, right? So I do that in the hotel and making sure I've got some connection. Um, but then I also, when I'm home, how do I make sure that my children feel my love and feel special and important? And um, Brittany feels that. And a lot of that just goes around basic principles, right? Are we saying our prayers? Are we reading our scriptures? And, and do I have one-on-one -on -one time with each of my family members and try to connect with them. And, and for me, I always pray for opportunities for teaching and lessons mm -hmm. and pray that the spirit will prompt me and remind me of um, things like that. And, and that's been having those one-on-one -on -one connections with the kids have been, and with Brittany um, has been very, for me, very, very beneficial. And I think because I travel so much, I've got a little bit more uh, awareness of, of my time and just being busy. Mm -hmm. uh, with all aspects of my life, that has been a blessing to me. And it, I didn't think that would be, but it's really given me the chance of saying, okay, what's what's most important to me and, and how do I use my time wisely? Do you ever get jealous of him, Brittany? That he has like all this like extra like spiritual time? time? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yes. Especially when be. I'm like at nice restaurants and it's like, oh yeah, I'm just you know sitting in bed <laughs> and then and you're like know, running around putting four kids to bed. Yes, it's chaos, and then yeah. I'm just like, oh, I would just love to. Yeah, yeah. I I went on a business trip last week and I felt. Like, I felt so guilty that I was like, I ate at nice restaurants every meal, and I had, like, all this extra free time. and <laughs> quiet bedtime. Yeah. yeah. And I had I was able to have, like, a really good scripture study, like, every night I was there. And so I felt really... I didn't want to tell Emily how good it was. <laughs> well, I assumed it was good. <laughs> yeah. so, we already know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't have that much free time. <laughs> I just have more free time. Yes. Yeah. And that... I do. And that's what I, and I also have to remember, like he's working hard and mm -hmm. he's doing this for our family. Yeah. Right. So I do have to keep a perspective when I find myself sometimes becoming a little bitter or wishing that I could have a little more time or whatever else. Then I just have to remember why he's doing it mm -hmm. and, and the effort that he does make when he's at home or even when he's on the road. Um, one thing that's been great that he does when he's on the road is that he will call home, usually trying around like bedtime before mm -hmm. the kids go to bed. He'll try and talk to each of the kids a little bit about their day. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And then he'll also remind us like, have you read your scriptures? Right. Because, um, just in everyday life, it just gets so crazy mm -hmm. and, bedtime especially is the worst <laughs> yeah. and um so between like getting the kids ready for bed and trying to clean up a little bit and get things in order I don't always remember to read scriptures or I just am like exhausted some I just really don't even think about it sometimes mm -hmm. and so often he'll call and, and remind us um and so that's actually I think a benefit and sometimes I think gosh I wish I could have all this time, right? Mm -hmm. But it's nice to have that outside perspective be like, hey, remember this is important. Yeah. yeah. 
And for those of you who, again, I know you guys don't know Chris and Brittany very well besides, you know, the little bit that they've talked about themselves, but they are like one of the most like spiritual couples that we know and we constantly refer back to we them. We admire them so much. Yeah, we, we, we cl- really admire you guys. We so, look up to you as like our like couple goals. <laughs> yeah, so, so they are really awesome. They and don't so you, see us very often. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, I have a question and if it's too personal, like you don't have to answer, but um, how have you been strengthened in order to be able to get to the point where he can travel so much? Does that make sense? Um, like, were you able to do something like this when you first got married? Or have you been able to grow to the point where, like, this transition was... I guess, like, yeah, how yeah. was your transition into all of it? Um, thank goodness it was not immediate because mm-hmm. there is no way I could have handled it at the beginning of our marriage. Um, it's it's a little complicated and there's kind of a long backstory, but I had a lot of struggles um, kind of with mental health, right? Um and even when we were dating and mm-hmm. like forgiving. And so I had, um, like I had to go through some therapy and be on medication and stuff to help me through that. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I, I feel like the Lord has helped me grow slowly. Um, and so I could not have handled it. I was pretty insecure mm-hmm. when we first got married. And so to have him travel would have, I think, put me over right. the edge. So And he didn't travel right away. And then he got a job where he was traveling somewhat and not too much. So I've kind of been gradually um, getting used to it, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, I definitely couldn't have done it at the beginning. It's taken a lot of growing and personal growth and growth in our relationship and trust in each other and in the Lord to mm-hmm. be able to do that. Um, there's a couple things that we do or that he does to, um, like when he's in his hotel room, he doesn't turn on the TV ever. Like, okay. doesn't even turn it on. Yeah. Um, and just that just gives me so much comfort, too, to know that he is trying and he is very committed to me and to our family mm-hmm. and to staying um, just to be a good man, right, and worthy. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so that is... Which is not always the culture of traveling business. No, yeah, no, not at all. It's often seen as a time to relax, relax morally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it was... It was can I interject on this? Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting. I was meeting with an ecclesiastical leader when I started to travel, and he said, Chris, promise me you'll never turn the TV on while on the road. I was like, okay, it's random. Sure. And I didn't see the, the value in it and the power that came from not watching TV mm-hmm. um, until looking back at it. Um, there's, there's multiple reasons for that, right? But what he was warning me on was, there is a lot of evil in the world. Not that TVs are bad, um, but it's very easy to be influenced to look at things that you wouldn't look at anywhere mm-hmm. else because mm-hmm. there's really no checks and balances. Um, so to not turn the TV on has greatly in, given me opportunities to study and to ponder and to pray and to not have to deal with temptations. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I look at it in the sense of Satan really wants me to be tempted right. in anything, right? Whatever someone's right. weakness is. And if I, if I attribute it to like a fortress, um, turning the TV on for me is kind of like putting uh, you know, an enemy in your house. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, especially when you're alone, right? Yeah. Like lowering and, your drawbridge and yeah. like not looking mm-hmm. at you're A Trojan horse, example, right. right? Not that I'd be looking for anything inappropriate, but it potentially could come up. So mm-hmm. if the TV's never on, then That's inappropriate's not, not going to happen. Right. And seeing that, interacting with others and hearing of and seeing heartache and changes and pain that other people have gone through um, with what we're avoiding on TV mm-hmm. um, has been very impactful for for me and, and our relationship. I, I wouldn't naturally look for those things anyways um, to go and just try to find it. But to make that commitment to not do it has been a huge blessing to, to fall through on. Mm-hmm. So... Um- I know, like, nowadays we have, like, Netflix and stuff on our phones or iPads. So is that, like, included in your TV? Like, you don't watch anything on your devices, too? or Yeah, so with the devices, if there's anything that I would watch, you could see, right? If I turn on Hulu or Netflix, you could see the history of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. So that's kind of the, the beauty of that mm-hmm. as well. Um, one of the things I've thought about, because I want to I wanna have the ability to protect our children as well because mm-hmm. you look at social media and things of that devices of that sort where I want we've had this discussion I want to find something where we could track what each other have on on our phones and devices so that when our children get devices they don't think hey it's a punishment for us mm-hmm. we can say hey mom and dad do it as well yeah, yeah. Um, this is what we do and this is what we do right because I don't look at it hey I don't want Brittany to see what I'm doing mm-hmm. um but it would be nice to create that culture now so that when our children get devices, mm-hmm. they can go, oh, that's just what mom and dad does too. Yeah, I think we, we do something like that. Like, the way we do it is we engage um, the thumbprint uh, with access to all the apps. Mm-hmm. And then we both have like her thumbprints on my phone, mine's on her phone. And yeah. so we can get into like we can get into everything. Yeah. We at the, when we were first married, we actually sat down and like created a list like of all, wrote our down passwords. all our passwords. <laughs> but like mm-hmm. now there's so many passwords that I just don't remember. <laughs> Here, right. Here's access to the whole phone. Yeah. <laughs> like give me your give me your thumbprint and like on on like the the technology that has facial recognition software like we have mm-hmm. each other's faces in it and yeah. So that's I like that. Yeah. And and we do that as well. I, I think the next level of where I think would be cool this is kind of what we're doing. And even though we have to pay money to do it, would be they could, the children could go in if the, they could delete something, right? Or mm-hmm. in theory, let's say I delete something, she couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. But if we had something in place, that would prevent she or I from deleting anything, mm-hmm. which would be that level of what we'd be doing with our children. So if you are a software designer yeah. and you want to start a business, Chris loves investing in businesses. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll include his email, you can reach out to him. <laughs> Try and make that happen. I, I would be if someone is interested. To uh, I, I'm sure I'd throw some money at it, and uh, it may be successful. It may not be. I've, I'm uh, I'm not batting a thousand on hundred on success. So, uh, but I'm not shy. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, so I have one more question for Brittany, if that's okay. Yeah. I'm like okay. So, <laughs> Andrews, we're graduating at this point. If you're listening, we probably already graduated and we moved. Hallelujah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, also sad. Yeah. Both things. Bittersweet. Super bittersweet. Um, but Andrew's getting a job where he's going to be traveling a lot too. And I'm really interested to know like number one, number one, two, three, like tips for how to transition as like a stay-at-home mom into that. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Um, honestly, I, that's a tough one. Um, it's almost like you just have to to go through it. Um, you just get used to it. I, yeah, and honestly, I, I almost still have to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he tells me at times, like, I'll be on this and this, and then the next week this, 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 and then next week this, this, or whatever. And it just completely overwhelms me. I can't think about it. Mm-hmm. What I do is I, I take it day by day. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, this week, which days are you gone? And then I'm like, okay, what do I have this day? Okay, I'll figure it out, right? And mm-hmm. I just try and, for me, and with my kids' schedules and stuff, it's like planning and making sure that I can do things or, or finding help if I need um, where I can't do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one thing. And one thing I would recommend too is like to reach, to not be afraid to reach out for help. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really hard for me at first because I felt like I should be able to do it. Right. Um, and it's so like, these are my kids, my family, yeah, like why it's my can't responsibility. I? Yeah. And I, I still don't like asking for help, especially it's like someone to watch my kids and yeah. yeah. And, and you've met my kids. They're not always easy. <laughs> so I feel <laughs> They're really always bad fun. Sometimes. They're, They're always, always fun. They're always, <laughs> yes, lots of energy. But, um, and so I think being willing to ask for help and letting people serve you has okay. been huge. Um, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> So do you usually, do you primarily reach out to family or do you have a close group of friends that you reach out to as well? Uh, I'm pretty blessed that I have family close by. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom does work, so I, I, I don't always have family available. So I do have um, a lot of friends that are super willing to help me and who have been a huge blessing in my life for that. Good. Yeah. So, and yeah, we kind funny. of just go back and forth, you know, and I, and and one thing I find, like, like this morning I watched my friend's kids for a few hours. She had a, a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. And, and I find that helps me feel better about reaching out for help if, if I can serve. It's like a trade type, yeah. type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. 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 She has fantastic friends. I really do. She really does. Yeah. And I'm not sure. It, it's hard when you don't have a support system. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can, you know, find people nearby and make friends, and mm-hmm. then I think maybe that's a good first step. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And it just makes me think of that one inspirational message of the the mom who has two girls or two kids. Remember the one I'm talking about? Oh. The blonde girl, two kids, and like she that video? Yeah. And she like She like wants to do it all and she has like her to do list. Oh, I think I should talking about. Yes, I think so. Like the end of the day, like nothing goes as planned and she's Mm -hmm. like she thinks she's like failing at all these things. And then, like, at the end of the day, her son's saying the prayer, and he's like, thank you that we were able to do this and this and this and this and this. And she was able to reflect on, like, the little things that did go right that day or, like, the successes yeah. that her kids had that, yeah. like, she kind of looked over. Yeah. And yeah. she was also able to see, like, the good that she the was able to do. She, she was did, able to help, yeah. like, several yeah. people throughout yeah. the day. by even, It was, like, little things like watching people's kids or going to lunch with a friend, but they were able to have a big impact. Yeah. So... Be helpful. (laughs) (laughs) I actually thought of one more thing. And this could be, this is really the biggest thing. Okay. And I think it is learning that you can't do it all by yourself. And learning that for me, I need Heavenly Father's help. I absolutely Mm -hmm. need Heavenly Father's help. And and I go through (laughs) times of like up and down, right? Like a Mm -hmm. roller coaster of like where I forget and I don't ask for help. And then it's just so overwhelming and I get so burned out and I just feel like I'm failing at everything. Um, but then when I do remember that I'm not alone, even if I feel alone, I'm not alone Mm -hmm. and that heavenly father is there to help me and, and, and that my savior through the atonement can help me to be better and to be what I need to be because I am (laughs) not (laughs) anything where I need to be, especially for the four kids and all of their needs. There's no way I could meet their needs. 
and without Heavenly Father's help and the atonement and that enabling power, there's no way that I would be able to meet their needs and 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 even to feel um, that peace in our home. Often, um, that's one thing too. If I find out like he's gonna be gone, I just like say a prayer like, okay, Heavenly Father, please help me this week. My kids, you know, are gonna need me in certain ways and just please help me because I can't do it all by myself. I don't have that much patience. <laughs> I don't have that much energy <laughs> and that much time. Yeah. But somehow, it usually all works out with his help. So I would say number one is to ask for help and remember that you're not alone. And I've often known and felt that there are angels around me helping me and protecting my children because there are times that I completely miss the mark, right? And and but I know that I'm not alone and that um, angels are helping me. Mm-hmm. Watch over my children. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> and Liz is She's crying over here. Can I ask yeah. a follow up question on, about that? Yeah. So one thing I really like that you said is, uh, like even if you feel alone, you know that you're not alone. Um, I know that there are a lot of people out there who feel alone and haven't reached a point where they know that they're not alone. So what was it for you that got you from the point of feeling alone? And not knowing that you weren't alone to, like, at times feeling alone, but knowing that you really weren't alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. Honestly, I would probably say my own failures and, and the trials that I've, I've been through of knowing that maybe I was trying to do it alone, right? And where I didn't feel that extra help, right? And, and I don't always feel it in the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't always feel like, oh, I had help today or, you know, but then oftentimes when I look back, it's when I see like this week went a lot better than last week. And why is that? Mm -hmm. It's because I was reading my scriptures or because I said prayers for that help and guidance and for the spirit to be with me because I can't do it without that spirit. Um, In fact, there was a really neat experience. It was actually yesterday. Um, We went on a vacation just um, just recently, very recently got back. Um, and one of our children had really struggled emotionally. Um, and there were major meltdowns every day and it was so exhausting. (laughs) Um, and so hard to be patient and so hard to, like, I just felt like a failure, like our, our family, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm failing completely. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone thinks I'm probably a terrible parent. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. You should have seen our family. We looked like a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just sat in my bed yesterday. I had a minute. My both my boys took a nap. I got them to both take a nap at the same time. It's like a miracle. Yes, <laughs> the littles. Yes, the littles. <laughs> um, and and so I sat in my bed and I just said a prayer and said, Heavenly Father, I need help. I don't know what this child needs. I don't know how to help her. I I have no clue where to go, but she's struggling, and I am struggling as a parent to know how to help her. And um, that night, putting her to bed, she loves to just talk for a minute. And so I'll usually like give her, like, okay, yeah, we can talk for a few minutes, but it's bedtime, so just a few minutes. Well, it ended up being a long conversation, and... And she opened up a lot about some of the things that she'd been struggling with or dealing with. Um, And I was able 
to have a really great conversation and I could just feel the spirit there. And we talked about kind of like Chris was saying, like we have a fortress. I called it a wall to mm-hmm. her, you know, like we build this wall. Or we might say an outpost. <laughs> an outpost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Around ourselves even. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also applies to our home for sure. But when we let little things in, right, she, I'm trying to figure out how much I should say that she said, but um, she was struggling with basically understanding, like, why do I have to follow this commandment? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to do this when everyone else is doing something else, right? And and they seem fine. Mm-hmm. So why does it matter? And why do these little things matter? I don't understand. And I had to be like, you know, there are some things, and even what you're talking about, some little things that I don't understand 100% either. But what I do know is that when I build this wall of the Spirit and when I am obedient to what I know Heavenly Father wants me to do, then I am happy and I am strong. But when I open up a little bit of space, and that's what I realized also in my earlier struggles when I was struggling with my mental health when we were first Mm -hmm. dating stuff, and I told her about this. I was like, I struggled a lot. And I realized sometimes I was opening up a little wall, right? Like maybe a TV show I watched or a song I listened to, or something that I let in. I let a a little crack open, Mm -hmm. and Satan found his way in. If I would open a little bit, he would work so hard to just overtake me. And and I almost, like, let him in, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's why it's important to build that wall. And so even though it seems hard, and why do other people, you know, seem so fine, Mm -hmm. you have to realize and be... um, just realize your spirit, right? Like recognize what is, is helping you to keep the spirit with you and to be happy. Right. And it's not about them. It's about you and what you're doing to keep yourself strong. Right. And so that was like such an answer to that prayer. It was such a neat experience to like pray and receive that inspiration. And I know it wasn't me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, because if it were me, I'd be like, you know, I need to go do dishes, like go to Mm -hmm. bed. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) But um, I think Heavenly Father allowed that experience to happen because I prayed. Um, And so I'm just grateful for for prayer, too. And and as as much as I can remember, I try to pray for the little things, too. And I think that makes a big difference. Thank you so much for sharing all the things. (laughs) I know if you guys are anything like me, you've been enjoying this conversation a ton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're like me, too, you loved it. Oh, my gosh. You loved it. You loved it. It was good. <laughs> it was so good. I really loved it. <laughs> yeah. The conversation was has been awesome so far, and it keeps going. And so we're actually kind of jumping in, and we're cutting it into two episodes. Yes. So um, this next episode that we have for you next week is going to be more on perfectionism and overcoming perfectionism. But our conversation just, like kept going and it just morphed into just beautifulness and um we just have to share everything even though it's not all on one topic so we kind of broke it up into two but yeah yeah. holy cow today was amazing and the discussion next week is will be spoke will be a continuation of of what we were talking about before like emily was talking about and so it's going to be on perfectionism but it's kind of in the context of everything else we're 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 talking about now i really loved how intentional so much of the the approach that Chris and Brittany take mm-hmm. is like the yeah. the way they deal with each other the way they deal with 
their surroundings, the way they deal with their kids. I love intention, intentionality, mm-hmm. intentionalness. <laughs> inten- Intentionality. Intention- <laughs> that thing when you. Intentionality. Intentional. I think. Oh man, intentionality. I'm pretty sure it's intentionality, but it's a little late and I have a cold, so intentionality. Let's say that. Um, I love that, and I want to be better about that in, in my own outpost journey, my own parenting yeah. and work journey, and yeah. and I think it's something that's easy. It's like easy to let slide, um, but like it makes a huge difference when you focus on that. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I guess we'll talk about our takeaways from the whole episode for next... Or in, in, I guess next time, yeah. Yeah, that closing for episode two. Yeah. But thank you for joining us. Um, if you are liking what you're hearing over here on Outposts of Heaven, the podcast, please leave us a review and a rating. And find us on Instagram at Outposts of Heaven because that's where we do all of our engagement. And you can... Um, talk to us there or shoot us some feedback over there or tell us some topics that you'd like to talk about. We'd yeah. love to hear Give us you. some new topic ideas because we are getting to a point where we're going to start recording a whole bunch of issues, a whole bunch of episodes. And we have some really cool episodes that we're going to be recording in the next couple of weeks that I'm excited about. And if you want to get some of your ideas into like upcoming episodes, now's the time to do it. Yep. So thank you so much. We love you guys and you're super awesome and we're super grateful for um, that you were bleh, bleh, uh. that you are <laughs> we're here. Super grateful that you're here and that you're letting <laughs> us be a part of your little corner of podcasts. So All right guys. Thank you Bye. so much. Keep the faith. <laughs>